Hey, sweetheart, I've got something to show you. Take a look. Oh, yeah? It's... Oh, what's this? Some kind of black Copyright. mirror? Some kind of black reflective thing. It's the black vortex. Oh, no. Isn't this like a super dangerous artifact that destroyed a whole planet? Well, yeah, but we can see what we look like as our perfect selves in it. Oh, well, that sounds like harmless fun and not incredibly hard on our already fragile mental states. Oh, come on. It'll be fun. Okay, fine. I'll look. Oh, huh. So it definitely looks like me, except... Except? Yeah, he's a bit more handsome chiseled, kind of debonair. Oh, and also, he isn't talking. He isn't saying a word. He's only shutting up. Yep, not saying a thing. Not at all. Not making a single sound. Oh, wow. Yeah, that does sound like an imp- Well, anyway, let me look. Sure. Oh. Huh. What is it? Well, I I don't think it's working for me. Why is that? Well, it just looks like me. Oh, I figured it out. What? It's me, but with a new outfit. What? Oh, and I also curled my hair. Huh. Well, Christy, I think before we actually touch this thing, maybe we should learn more about it. Ready to talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to our first episode of Black Vortex. You'd think, based on what we've done before, that this is that this is maybe a three-parter, four-parter. No, we're doing this in two episodes. Two episodes. We're covering seven issues in this episode, guys. That is a record. We've come a long way from <laughs> our crisis days. I just didn't want to talk about this for that many issues. I'm like, what? That I many know, episodes? Or that many episodes. I was like, we cannot come up with more content than maybe I two. mean, we could. You, We come into this <laughs> thinking, oh, I don't know if we're going to have much to say. And then we, we, we just talk. We fill the space. Yep, we'd go. We're some... like a gas, <laughs> <laughs> just like a real. We just, just expand. a lot of air, <laughs> just a lot to of nothing. Fill all of the space. <laughs> it's true. We're a noble gas, though. Oh, you're saying we're inert? My science um, <laughs> is failing me here. I'm just going with like the whole Edelman thing. Being... Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, does this mean that we're deadpan because noble gases don't react? Uh, I oh, I think I kind of got that one. Hey! I kind of pretended to get that one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, readers are rolling their eyes or are very confused. Well, readers, it is a uh, it's a tough time all around, so maybe come with us on this 45ish to an hour journey. Mhm. Uh and we have some readers in particular to thank and shout out today. Yeah, we have a new iTunes review and a new patron and we'll start with the iTunes review. All right. So, Genetic Ghost gave us five stars. Thank you. And 
called us delightful. Chris and Christy are always a delight to listen to, full of positive energy that the comics community needs. Thank you, Genetic Ghost. I'm glad we're essential. Very essential. Very essential. In these in these trying times. All right. And our patron is Matthew Boda, who just started supporting us between last episode and this episode. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Maybe maybe you're a Matt. I don't know. Matt, Matthew. It's, we're just reading what we've got. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. I want I just wanted to give him a nickname. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, maybe he's just a Matthew guy. Well, Matthew, I hope you're having a great day, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. All right, Christy, we have we got a long one in the summaries category. I tried to make it as short as possible, but it's still decent. Well, we we did uh, cover seven issues, so I would expect the summary to summarize seven. Seven indeed. <laughs> Lucky number. Let's get into that summary. Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men Black Vortex Alpha number one. Written by Sam Humphreys, penciled by Ed McGinnis and Chris Anka, inked by Chris Anka, Mark Farmer, Jay Leaston, and Mark Morales, colored by Marte Garcia and Marcelo Mayolo, lettered by Travis Lanham, and edited by Mike Martz. Long ago, an alien named Gara demands assistance from the lonely Celestial overseeing their planet, who seems to be holding them back. The Celestial, Godhead, silently grants her a strange mirror that shows her a perfected her, the Black Vortex. Magic and the O5, in the present, suddenly teleport to the Jean Grey school, where Magic tells Beast and Storm that everyone's going to space to find Kitty Pride. Poof! In space, Star-Lord regales the Guardians with the tale of how he and Kitty snuck into Mr. Knife's, yep, that's Star-Lord's dad, ship, and stole the Black Vortex as Mr. Knife was trying to convince Thane, son of Thanos, of its powers. He wants Thane to do a particular job for him. But anyway, while they're talking, Kitty and Star-Lord steal the Vortex and get away. However, the bad guys know where to find them. Quill shows everyone the Black Vortex on the planet Spartax, near the orphanage that he stayed at as a young adult. Everybody argues about what to do with it, as it seems to have the ability to save or destroy entire galaxies. Back in the past, one year after Godhead gives Gara's people the Vortex, the planet is in ruins, and the powered-up Gara demands an explanation from the Godhead, only for it to fly into space. Back in the present, Mr. Knife's slaughter lords arrive to try to steal the Vortex, and in the chaos, Gamora steps through, gaining huge power and then impaling one of the slaughter lords. Guardians of the Galaxy 24 Written by Brian Michael Bendis Penciled and inked by Valerio Shiti Colored by Jason Keith Lettered by Corey Pettit And edited by Mike Martz after Gamora easily defeats the Slaughter Lords, Magic warps the whole crew to the moon of Spartax, and they have a big argument about what to do with the Black Vortex. Kitty, Drax, and Storm are pretty hardline about destroying it, with Kitty disgusted with Quill's opinion that they should all use it, as space is a rough place to hang. While they argue, though, Adult Beast steps through and gains immense cosmic insight. Thane and his fun crony Ebony Ma are still hanging out with Jason, a.k.a. Mr. Knife, 
Jason is meeting with a brood emissary who is counting on Jason, giving the brood the black vortex. Ebony Maw tries to convince Thane to overthrow Jason, but he is reticent. Jason plans to double-cross the brood using Thane, which the son of Thanos still seems okay with. Beast can now see all the weird cosmic stuff and says he has a plan to fix the universe. X-23 tries to destroy the Black Vortex only for adult Beast to hit her with a cosmic beam. Sam Alexander, the new Nova, picks right now to show up for some reason, and Gamora turns the Black Vortex towards the whole crew, showing them what they would look like with its power. Legendary Star-Lord number 9, written by Sam Humphreys, penciled by Paco Medina, inked by Juan Velasco, colored by David Curiel, lettered by Joe Caramagna, and edited by Mike Martz. Beast and Gamora demand that everyone else utilize the Black Vortex, and yet another big argument breaks out, until young Warren Worthington steps through and transforms. Everyone is again shocked, and young Bobby almost steps through, only to be stopped by Drax. Storm snags the Black Vortex and flies off, telling Rocket to meet her in his ship on the far side of the moon. Gamora fights with Storm for a while, only for young Jean to distract her with an illusion of Thanos. Gamora tries to strike Jean, but is thwarted by Kitty Pride and Drax. The Black Vortexed heroes still manage to grab it and get the heck out, and Kitty blames Peter Quill for this whole mess, which is actually pretty correct. This entire time, Thane and the Brood Emissary have been bugging Jason for the Black Vortex, and he tries to placate them with words as his henchfolks look for the heroes, which they find mid-argument and blast them all with their giant whale ship. All New X-Men issues 38 and 39, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled and inked by Andrea Sorrentino, colored by Marcelo Maiolo, lettered by Corey Pettit, and edited by Mike Martz. Gamora, Beast, and Angel muse over their newly begotten powers in a kind of racist and self-congratulatory way and go to a planet with the plan of turning the primitive peoples there super with the Vortex. However, Ronan the Accuser shows up out of nowhere, bashes Gamora, and steals the Vortex. The trio plan to give Jace. We cut to the busted-up Spartax moon, where it is revealed that for the most part, everyone else is okay, but... They're stuck there for the time being. The Slaughter Lords try to find them, but are thwarted by Ilyana's invisibility spell. Quill uses his cool remote control to bring his ship down, and the heroes board it right as the Slaughter Lords find them, and the crew zips away. The Black Vortex trio arrive on Hala, the Kree homeworld, and are completely trashing the place looking for the Vortex. In a proud storyline tradition, the heroes have another big think, and... Kid Cyclops arrives in his cool spaceship. Number 39. Laura Kinney, who was knocked out in the Slaughter Lord attack, has a horrifying dream where Warren is being totally mean and wakes up to young Scott Summers hanging out. The all-new X-Men are pretty peeved at Scott for leaving, even if they're happy he hung out with his dad. But tell him he needs to meet with young Jean. Jason has finally exhausted Thane's patience, and the son of Thanos decides to go back to his flock. Scott and Jean talk over their futures, especially since it seems kind of predestined, and nearly they have a smooch. But Young Beast interrupts by saying a plan is formed. The plan is to send a team led by Cyclops down to distract the Slaughter Lords, another to Hala to talk sense into the Vortexed trio led by Star-Lord, and one to the orphanage on Spartex that is now currently under attack, led by Kitty. 
On the moon, Cyclops, Iceman, and Groot are almost immediately attacked by the Slaughter Lords and very quickly defeated. However, the Lords need them alive and drag their unconscious bodies off. Guardians Team Up Number 3 Written by Sam Humphreys Penciled and inked by Mike Mayhew Colored by Rain Barreto Lettered by Corey Pettit And edited by Katie Kubert Ronan the Accuser and the Hero Team talk to the Supreme Intelligence, the leader of the Kree, and Ronan demands to use the Black Vortex to power up his accusers. The Supreme Intelligence denies this request, citing the extreme danger of the Black Vortex, which does not make Ronan particularly happy. The Orphanage crew figures out who is attacking, and they're not doing a ton of damage. It's Gara, the alien lady from the original Black Vortex planet, and she's here to destroy the dang thing. Back on Hala, Quill does a quick distraction, which allows Ronan to submit and gain Black Vortex powers. Thane arrives back at his flock to discover that someone has Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru to all of them. Ebony Ma also arrives to do a little verbal swaying, and Thane vows vengeance to whomever did this. Adult Beast uses this time to try to create a full model of space-time to figure out everything. You know, mid-fight. Ronan arrives and beats the heck out of Young Angel, and Beast finally finishes his model, only to discover space-time is broken and all his fault. He flees in disgrace, and Gamora and Angel leave as well. Despite this victory, though, Ronan is disgraced, as he disobeyed the Supreme Intelligence. Guardians of the Galaxy number 25, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled and inked by Valerio Shidi, colored by Jason Keith, lettered by Corey Pettit, and edited by Mike Martz. Beast has a good cry as he realizes he definitely can't fix the space-time continuum, which he busted by bringing the original X-Men to the present. The heroes on Hala try to talk to the Supreme Intelligence about the Black Vortex, since they need it to restore their friends to normal, but the big face in the jar only wants it destroyed. Well, that isn't working for our friends, so they steal the darn thing, and Nova flies it into space, only for it to be nabbed by one of the Slaughter Lords. Jean uses her new ambient psychic energy powers to blast away the Kree fighting them. The Slaughter Lords arrive with Mr. Knife in his giant spaceship, which launches a barrage of missiles toward Hala. The crew barely get aboard the Guardian's big ship before Hala blows up. But they realize that Nova is not on board. Jason takes a moment to gloat before his cronies tell him they don't have the Vortex. It is in fact floating in space by an unconscious Nova. Magic and Rocket arrive at the place where Beast is having his small breakdown and ask the Black Vortex heroes for assistance. Soon after, though, they feel the shockwave of Hala's destruction, and Gamora vows to assist in stopping Jason. Cyclops and his small crew are in Jason's jail, where the evil warlord plans to trade their lives for the Black Vortex. In fact, the lives of everyone on Earth. Hey, reader, it's, it's Christy. Chris does not know that I am recording this. But Chris's birthday is coming up in May. And I would really love, since we're not sure if we're really going to get to have a party of any sort for him, I would really love to put together a birthday episode, a surprise birthday episode, so readers don't spoil this. And why am I putting it on the podcast? Well, I know Chris doesn't listen to it once I've edited it. So I know he will not hear this. 
So, readers, if you are interested in recording a birthday message for Chris or writing a birthday message that you would like me to record for Chris, I want to put together a special birthday episode for Chris of Chris's. So if you would like to get in on that action, you can uh, DM me on Twitter. I am at Christy Edelman. My DMs are open, uh, and I will give you some more info about where to send that. And you're probably hearing our cat right now because I forgot to shut her out while I was in here secretly recording this. Now, remember, it is a surprise. Please do not tell Chris. I've already contacted a few people about recording something for Chris, but I know he's friends with a lot of people and I'm really not good at keeping up with them all. Uh, So any friends that I didn't contact, please consider this your, your invitation uh, to send Chris a birthday message. All right, and back to the episode. All right, well, that was a, that was a doozy. We have a lot to discuss. But actually, this is kind of a decompressed uh, crossover since we've gotten seven issues in. Um, I feel like yeah. both a lot happens, but also like not a lot happens. A lot of pages are a lot of a lot of talking that I could kind of summarize my way through pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was bored by any of it, though. I really enjoyed our first couple setup issues. Uh-huh. There was a lot of fun stuff there. Yep, Guardians uh, playing D anD. d And you know, if we're gonna have heroes fighting heroes, this is kind of like an interesting thing. You know, be, being tempted by the power, like the the one mirror to rule them all. You know, giving you some power, but it, it it's kind of it's kind of bad. Are there good mirrors in fiction? Um, there's the Harry Potter mirror. Yeah, that's not really like a bad mirror, right? But the, wasn't there like a, a big warning given where it's like people have like like literally like died like looking at it, right? With longing, yeah. But you know, it hid the Sorcerer's Stone, so it's pretty cool. That that was that was a good mirror. That that one time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you asked if there were good mirrors in fiction. That's true. Um, the magic mirror? It's that, kind of, from kind of a from Snow- mirror. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's kind of supposed to be like the virtue of, of mirrors that they just reflect back at you. Well, that mirror was catty. A little bit, yeah. What's up? What's up, Wicked Queen? You are no longer the hottest. What's up? Right. <laughs> it's a very interesting looking mirror it because looking at it like honestly until in your summaries i saw a mirror i'm like oh i guess it is a mirror because to me it just kind of looked like space portally it seemed it was cool it was cooler than just a mirror you could definitely tell they wanted to call it the black mirror but they definitely couldn't (laughs) i just thought of it as a mirror because they saw themselves in it yeah no that that totally makes sense oh okay good i'm glad i'm glad that uh that you're not like, where are you getting this mirror thing from? No, no, I, I, I get it. That's just not what it struck me. I mean, because they called it the black vortex. So to me, like vortex is some sort of it's something that like, spins. You could you could put your hand through it. Right. It doesn't spin though, and that that's something that like it doesn't even do a swirly. Oh, it doesn't like it doesn't vortex. Ro- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Misleading name. Yep. So, uh, um, because uh, I work in in a um. 
in a molecular biology lab, we have a mach- we have several little machines called vortex or vortices. Mm, what color are they? Um, kind of depends on the vortex. The the whole deal. Do you is- do you have any black ones? No, I don't actually think we do. Oh, okay. I think I have a lot of blue ones. Okay. Well, explain to me now the vortex, now that we've well, clarified this important point as to their colors. You just put a tube on it and it, and it agitates, so it'll like mix a tube for you. All right. Yep. But it does, so, it, it, does it in a circle. It's like a, like a super-powered KitchenAid. Yeah, but it doesn't go in <laughs> anything. That'd be like a Sonicator. So it's like a it's like a centrifuge, isn't it? Just a centrifuge. No, it's different it's not than a the centrifuge. Oh. Imagine a little platform, and it just does this. So you put your tube on it. Readers, this is really great content for you, as Chris <laughs> it, demonstrates. It rotates like it, it rotates. I think clockwise, really, really fast, but only when you depress it with a tube, so that it'll mix up your tube, and it's the little circle. So it'll mix the liquid up inside. Okay, so the goal is not to like separate things out. It's just to mm-hmm. to make it real mixed up good. Yeah, this like would be, a KitchenAid. Yes, but I want. <laughs> I just want to stress that nothing goes inside the tube. Yes. <laughs> trying to imagine a vortex with like with like a <laughs> like a cake mix and just starts flying everywhere. Because <laughs> you also you always want the cap on before you use a vortex, or it'll just fly everywhere. Oh, the new upgrade baking essential that you need in your kitchen. Giant vortex. The black vortex. The black vortex, which which unlike in this story is actually just a really It's a really good vortex for baking. Yep. There you go. People do centrifuges in cooking now. They try to get like essence of peas and stuff. Oh, that which... is so extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people use it in gas. Essence of pea? Mm-hmm. Did... No. No. Like peas from a pod, not yes, like Yes, I know. Urine. I know, but still, like, if you, think about, like <laughs> if you think about just, like, flavors that you really want to hit, hit you, you don't think, like, mm. I really want to be overwhelmed with the essence of peas. Yeah, delightful. Mm-mm. Yum. Readers, let us know if you want to be overwhelmed <laughs> with the essence of peas. So, back to the comic. <laughs> And this vortex. And this vortex that's black. Um, do you think it's weird that this was a whole crossover between the Guardians and the a small portion of the X-Men team? I mean, I think it's kind of fun. Like, Because if it's going to be the Guardians in space, we had Kitty in space. So why not? And Cyclops was in space. True. Um, and we also have Nova because space. And um, Captain Marvel. But I think Captain Marvel was part of the Guardians at this point. Right, right. Um, it was like a very brief amount of time. Um, there's a lot of complaints about this Guardians run. This is the, the, re- the real reason why these two are together is they're both written by Brian Michael Bendis and he wanted to put them together. That's why Kitty was in the Guardians. Brian Michael Bendis has a pretty clear author- authorial crush <laughs> on Kitty Pride. He used her a lot in his Ultimate Spider Man run and, uh, like, loved loved putting her in x-men stuff she got to be the teacher of the young x-men um and like inexplicably had her dating star lord and then being the the leader of this bendis doesn't seem like somebody who would ever write kitty as in a relationship with a female or even subtextually. A, fee- a female. A female. <laughs> They're a Ferengi over there. With a woman. Yeah. No, you're, that's... With someone who is not a man. 
will he, will he write her in a relationship with someone whose name is not Peter? We don't know. <laughs> he even lampshades that in this. Like, she only dates Peters, and it was like her dog's name was Peter or something. Hamster. Her hamster. <laughs> That's even weirder. <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's kind of why this was this was going on. Um, a lot of people don't like the black black vortex. I find it so so generally harmless that it like is already better than like seventy five percent of crossovers. Yeah, like as soon as we announced that we were going to read black vortex, people were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that you had to read that." And I like opened it and was like, "No, this is kind of fun. You get a little bit of banter. Like it has the like storyline isn't like super upsetting. No children have died." Um, True. No one's been like super over sexualized, um, except for some bits with Ilyana and very low, very low shorts. That was just, that was, that was her and design at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Know. I'm not, not saying that this could have made it better. I, I was like, who else would be? Maybe Gamora a little bit. I don't know. Gamora's look is so drastically different in this, depending on who's drawing her. It really yeah. threw me. Uh, she does always have the cool star field in her cloak thing, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be reminiscent, I think, of Eternity, which is one of, like, the big entities in Marvel. I mean, and some of it, like, she looks like the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, and, like, she'll be, like, really like, really, like, really cowled, and it's kind of, like, raspy cape, and I'm like, I don't know, I kind of like just, like, the cool, cosmic, super awesomeness. And not like the foreboding, I am the the angel of death sort of feeling. Yeah. I feel like the people who take the black vortex, it makes them, it makes decent amount of sense. Maybe not art, maybe not angel, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess why not? If I was, a, um, I always make fun of Angel before he's Archangel because his power is to fly around, which like a billion other people do right. with extra things. Mm-hmm. So I've always I've always felt like he got a really raw deal. You could see why he'd go for the black vortex then. Yeah. Storm can do that and also shoot you with, shoot you with lightning. Oh my gosh, though, can we talk about the storm that we got to see in the mirror because it looked so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, why couldn't we have had that for the crossover? Well, because Storm's too smart. She's very good. <laughs> she's just very good. <laughs> Storm and Beast being the only uh, members of like the Wolverine, the Jean Grey school to, to come on this whole adventure. It's just, I want to, I want to know what happened in the meeting for this story because I'm sure they had to like have a sit down and like a snack. <laughs> and they're like, we want Storm and Beast though too. <laughs> well, yeah, why Beast? Yeah, because he'd take it in seconds. It's like, yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Beast has to have this massive realization that. He did a bad wrong. Yeah. Beast is also like always like six inches from the I'm going to be a supervillain line. And he's like, like, like if he didn't have good pals, he would be. There's an entire all the other universe where he did not have good pals and he was evil. It's the the Age of Apocalypse universe. So I I feel you. If you're smart, you have to have good pals or you will be evil. (laughs) <laughs> or just have like a really strong internal compass. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Those are the two options. Yeah. Have friends or be evil. <laughs> those of you who are having a rough time with friends right now, do not think that Christy is calling you evil. We are your friends. We are your friends. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, we are your friends. And therefore, you are not evil. You're not evil. Nobody that listens to this podcast can be evil. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you were plotting something evil, know that now that plot is no longer. Yep. We've ruined it with our friendship. <laughs> this, th there's just a lot of, there's a lot of weird titles in this. Like, could you have guessed before this, there was ever a comic called Guardians Team Up in which one of the members of the Guardians teamed up with some random other superhero? <laughs> and in this one, they just decided they're like, Ronan the Accuser? I don't know. We just need to put this in the Black Vortex. I, I don't know how people feel about all new X-Men, mm -hmm. but I did not like those two issues. No, they, they were not my favorite. I like Sorrentino at times. I don't think that Sorrentino's art fits particularly well with like this story. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's so drastically different. Right. I think like it works for like a daredevil or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It looked very beautiful. But it threw me out of this story. Yeah. I think my favorite part was the the page where it, it said Hala, crown jewel of the Kree Empire, and it's just fire. That was cool. That was cool. Because I, I feel like I can't think of another comic where I've seen something similar to that, like a whole page of, of, of text used that way. It was cool. It, mm -hmm. It's funny because it means you also draw way less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally works. <laughs> no, I kind of think the... The all-star artist and kind of, I think the, the like platonic ideal of maybe what they were going for. It almost seems like they had a, a few others kind of maybe try to mash up with this style mm -hmm. is Valerio Shidi, who did a few of these issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like Valerio's work quite a, or Shidi's work quite a bit. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but also that Marte Garcia coloring that you get. Mm. In that, mm. that's in the in the first like the mm -hmm. the hook issue. Mm -hmm. Oh, Marte Garcia is probably my favorite colorist. It does not hurt that he did the majority of the coloring on Hawks Fox, and th that was good coloring. <laughs> I've become like a real colorist snob too. I feel like if you don't have like the like the, like a fun, bold, vibrant set of colors, like it just doesn't wait. It makes me want to not read your comic. Like if you if they're flat, boring colors. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a visual medium, so... Right. But I think I used to not notice it as much. I used to be more of like a like a penciler mm -hmm. snob. But now I'm I'm like... I think even 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 a, a penciling job I'm not super fond of can be saved by like incredible colors. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And I think they, they get a raw deal. Like, you know, no, no one... I don't think people are going around getting their books signed by colorists maybe mm -hmm. as much as they should. To be fair, if Marte Garcia was ever at a con, he could totally sign my hot spots. <laughs> I would go right up to it. Yeah, I feel like you don't see colorists too much at cons. No, uh, we saw Rochelle Rosenberg at um, CTE2. Oh, yeah. I mean, she also does other kinds of art, right. too. Right. So, artistic whiplash. Mild. Defin those definitely two present in those, in those two, yes. And the the Guardians team up that that art looked a little action figurey to me. Everyone seemed mm -hmm. to be kind of yeah. I I was not the biggest fan of those. I was I think I was even a fan of just Humphrey's writing a lot more than I was a fan of Bendis's writing. Yeah, that's this. fair. Um, I think Humphrey's is pretty underrated. Yeah, even though it's kind of the Bendis. It seems like it, it's his baby from like. It, 
like his two franchises, it seems mm-hmm. pretty clear that Humphreys was like the guy tapped to actually like put it into play mm-hmm. since he, you know, he wrote the initial issue and right. several of the other issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's of the crossovers that we've covered with different I- artists and different authors and the different titles. It definitely doesn't feel like the most disjointed that we've read. No, I think Battle of the Atom still wins that one. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't feel like it took. It was bad enough that it took me out of the story too much, except for a little bit with the art. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It it just seems kind of like a fun, simple story. I have a little trouble keeping up with what's going on with the villains. I'm just like, eh, the bad guys that want the mirror. I'm the slaughter lords. The slaughter lords. If we took out the Working. S, they would be the laughter lords. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of like the bargain bin black order. Like um, when Hickman was writing New Avengers, he came up with these fun cronies for Thanos, whereas Thanos for the longest time mm-hmm. seemed to kind of be his own guy. And they all had cool names like like Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glaive and Ebony Maw. And sounds like wrestlers' names. I, I think it sounds like a little bit. Um, but also kind of like it's very like pulpy. Oh yeah. Uh, and but for some reason, like those names, I'm like Proxima Midnight. Heck yeah. <laughs> but these guys were like kind of that, but like <laughs> just slightly like <laughs> It's like how in, I always come back to this, how in the early 90s, there were too many X-Men bad guy groups, and some of them just seemed like, like the nasty boys were like the lowest tier. Like they had a guy named Gorgeous George. Mm -hmm. Um, these are like the low, these are like the, the go, the go bots to the Transformers of Mm -hmm. of the Black Order. Or like the 98 degrees to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Yeah, basically. (laughs) They're called the Slaughter Lords. And their boss is a guy named Jason. <laughs> that's that's one comic booky thing that always makes me roll my eyes super hard. Oh yeah, Jason. Jason, because they when he he they kind of made him a bad guy. I think over time, I think his original thing was he was he was a benevolent alien who came down and and was like, "What's up, hot alien girl?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and his name he went by Jason, but then they decided to really alien up his name, and he became Jason, <laughs> and he was like the king of a king of a planet but now he's a bad guy you know this is what happens when you don't have friends do you think that the this is what happens sorry you, <laughs> you become evil you do not become evil if you don't have friends. <laughs> people who are having trouble looking for friends you are you are not evil <laughs> I, i'm sorry i i'll stop i'll stop the i'll stop the gag <laughs> you stop this gag i'm putting a gag order on you oh <laughs> All right, I I interrupted your thought. With how like toyetic are the designs? Like beast with the helmet and angel with the. It just seems like action figurey. Was so different with every artist that I couldn't quite decide what it was supposed to be. I'm like, is that an actual helmet? Is it just like his Tony Stark style display? I I couldn't couldn't quite grasp that. I don't know. He seems to be able to breathe through it, but they all seem to be able to breathe fine in space. At first, I thought Angel's was his face. Before he like, took the thing <laughs> on, I'm like, no, he's got a weird skull face. <laughs> right? <It> was... <sighs> okay. I need you to help clarify. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to help clarify what 
is Thane seeing things? Does he have like who who is this? That's that's literal Ebony Ma, who is a member of, of Thanos's Black Order. But I think at this point Thanos is maybe dead or but just that gone. It, is it really him? Yeah, it's legitimately him. That's his whole there deal. And just like disappears. That's so that's just what he does. Yeah, I think I'm pretty oh, okay. sure that's legitimate Ebony Ma. I was just worried that Thane was losing his mental faculties. Thane kind of has a sad story in that he was an inhuman. And I think once the, if I recall, someone's going to correct me. Once the mists hit him, he kind of became Thanosy, and that's how he discovered he was like the the son of Thanos, and he really didn't want to be. Oh, yeah, like he seems like he's in in space trying to do good things. Like he's kind of like a slightly evil space Jesus. He's got a flock. Well, they're dead now. Yeah, yeah. Now you go on adventures. Don't do it. <laughs> You know, evil people have friends too. We uh, we do, we watch enough wrestling to know that's true. <laughs> Can we at least do like a do like a geometry proof where it's like not all people with friend without friends are evil, but if you but a lot of times if you don't have if like people who are evil do not have friends. Uh, I don't know. If yeah. I didn't have you, maybe I'd be evil. Would you also, would you be evil and successful? Would you be like an evil businesswoman? Oh. Like evil teachers, like, I don't know. I mean, Could evil you be teachers e- are they do thing exist. That, ex- that exists. <laughs> At least like in fiction. I've read Matilda. <laughs> well, that wasn't the teacher. That was the principal. Yeah. Maybe I would be an evil principal. That's what would have happened. I would have like pursued more degrees and gone into to academic leadership. And you could still do that. They don't all have doctorates. I don't want to. Oh, I know. I'm just imagining you with, like, instead of your pink hair, it's, like, jet black. Mm-hmm. Except you have, like, one gray streak in the front. And then you're like, like, we have ways of making you behave. <laughs> <laughs> See? That, that's me without you. No, I... me without you is actually a popular <laughs> band. <laughs> Sorry, we're we're just we're heavy on the goofs tonight. You need the you, readers need the goofs they need right the goofs. now. They need these heavy goofs. Heavy goofs. It's like we got them heavy goofs. <laughs> heavy goofs. <laughs> someone someone gets that. Someone gets someone's that. watched Crazy Ex Girlfriend and they're like, ha ha. <laughs> no no skim goofs. We are definitely going in on the heavy goofs. But I find Thane somewhat sympathetic. I think he's supposed to be. So okay. I, I, I feel yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and Hala, I just feel like that came out of Hala Hala, <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah, there's, there's oh, they're here, they're here. Oh, blew it up. The 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 page of it getting blown up though is pretty cool. Although yeah. we got, we did get to see it blown up like a a few weeks ago at C two E two. I mean, this is. This is like the moment that's one of the big reasons that we're reading this crossover because the destruction of Hala is pretty important going into Empire. Empire. Which uh, is theoretically coming out next month. (laughs) And I just, it just feels so uh, careless or like whimsically evil. Yeah, it just kind of happens. But even Jason's like, boy, I do not care about that. Right? So, 
I don't know. It wasn't even like a a Death Star moment of like we're gonna do this to have a really big impact or send a message. It just Jason on a power trip. Well, they don't really have any Cree friends right now. I guess Carol's kind of half Cree, but you know, there's no one there to be like my my planet. They you, just have to be like, wow, that is a lot of power and a lot of ill intent. You think the Cree would have been better secured than that? Yeah, like, there's even a bit where the Supreme Intelligence is like, I'm calling the fleets back. And it's like, where were the ones here? Right. <laughs> but the, I mean, the whole point is that they, the Black Vortex is so powerful, like, nothing can stop it. Right, but it wasn't even the, like, the Black Vortex that destroyed the planet. I think they, it was, I thought that it was implied they somehow powered something up with the Black Vortex, that that's where the power came from. Because at some point they're like, this is the power of the Black Vortex? Right, but the Black Vortex is floating in space with Nova. They'd, I think they'd already powered, powered up. Powered up them. their ship. But maybe not. Them? Well, they, the Slaughter Lords are powered up. Right, I know. Yeah. I know. And Jason's not. Why not, Jason? You're just still like a dad. He looked in the mirror and, you know, saw that he would have to wear a helmet. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. He's like, mm, no. Nah. Sometimes they looked kind of extra beefy, and it's like, ooh, no, no, thanks. I'm not really, I'm not really cultivating mass. I'd have to buy a whole new wardrobe. Oh, Nothing would tough. fit right anymore. My pants would all be too short. Yeah, that'd be rough. <laughs> <laughs> not worth it. Just imagine, oh, the cost of tailoring everything. Uh, Post black vortex, right? Well. I I think we've maybe discussed what we want to discuss, at least for this half. We It ends on quite a cliffhanger of, I'm going to go blow up the Earth next. Right. Um, but we picked, I think, a good good midpoint. Mm-hmm. You want to do some accolades? Yeah, I'm ready for accolades. So, Chris, what is your best line out of these seven issues? There's a bit where um, Iceman tries to jump through the Black Vortex and gain superpowers, and Drax says, um, he calls him Oscar the Grouch, and Drax says, I have not yet begun to unleash the Grouch. <laughs> Daily Doubles! Of these seven issues. I did have a backup, so maybe I should pull up my backup. I, did, I had one that I, that I picked originally and then changed it to this one. Mm. Okay, well, we're still going still gonna to play that Daily Double. Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. All right. So my backup, if we're if we're going to share backups, are we not going to share backups? We can share backups. Okay. So my backup was actually uh, one from Ma Savage that I thought was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my backup from Ma Savage was, y'all gold brickers must think this is Chimelia talking like that. You're on Spartax, milksops. We don't roll over for carpetbaggers like you. <laughs> Carpetbagging is such a uniquely American term. <laughs> and it's so weird that they use it in space. <laughs> I just thought it was a lot of fun. That is but fun. I, I love that we both went for the Drax line. Unleash the grouch. Unleash the grouch. You can tell her parents. I am not Oh yeah, this is one we need to we need to save. We need to meme for the children. For the for the children. <laughs> I should just have it as a poster in my classroom. I have not been begun to unleash the grudge. Man, why is Mrs. Edelman so mad today? And just like lift the poster in front of my face. That's pretty good. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, what about your coolest moment? Holla blowing up? That was cool. That, I, mean, I mean, like, it, it wasn't nice. Cool. It was like, is visually stunning. Visually stunning. My coolest moment was more, it was less focused on the visually stunning. I know I have a lot of coolest moments that are focused on the visually stunning. But you my know, coolest moment close. was Gamora and Storm's sword fight. I thought uh, that, that was, was so very cool. cool. And, like, Storm having the line, this is not my first sword fight. And it's not. <laughs> it's not. It was, it was just a, a lot of fun. And, like, Storm really throwed... Threw, Storm really threw down with the Black Vortex Gamora. <laughs> yeah. Like, who is already the deadliest woman in space. It's true. Mm-hmm. I love Storm. <laughs> Storm's pretty cool. She's got the mohawk in this. Um, yeah, in um, different writers seem to like specific looks of hers. And in Wolverine and the X-Men, at one point, Storm joins and basically, like, tells wolverine like do it and he like cuts her hair with his claws (laughs) it's interesting though because she has the mohawk but not like the leather pants that she has in the 80s or 80s she doesn't she sometimes has she doesn't always have a leather pants she has like a leather skirt sometimes but she's got like the the more flowy cape yeah with the mohawk Mm -hmm. that's an interesting look right now she does not currently have the mohawk she has like a full kind of like full Mm -hmm. long hair that i i think we heard needed to be to differentiate time yes Mm -hmm. that's right because people ask why she didn't have the mohawk because it's such a good look yeah i mean i think duggan wanted the mohawk i think he did too (laughs) i think if i know uncle jerry he wanted that mohawk well i think he told us he wanted (laughs) oh did he really yeah oh okay (laughs) he talked to you a lot more than me oh okay (laughs) i think he said it when he when he saw your um, Rod Race commission. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. He's like, I wanted the Mohawk. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, because that Rod Race commission. Oh, so good. Beautiful. So, readers, if you don't follow uh, Chris on Twitter, you must just not be on Twitter because you should be following him. But he tweeted out an awesome Rod Race commission. He got it C2E2. It's beautiful and gorgeous. Storm art. Like fully painted. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. All right. What about your greatest hero? Storm. <laughs> <laughs> perfect lead up to that um if i were her and i looked in the black mirror and or black mirror the black vortex and saw that i would not be able to resist so it was there was some heroic mm. innate goodness to not be like i look so cool yeah storm did a lot of a lot of great stuff you're kind of making me wish i'd picked her but i didn't i picked kitty oh okay for yelling at, at peter the entire time uh, yeah i mean she seems like a really good moral force here, but also really protecting and looking out for her students. Yeah. Like, you know, saving saving Jean from getting chapped up by Gamora. Pretty pretty good stuff there. Uh saving people when the the slaughter lords like bombed the moon. Mm-hmm. A lot of lot of lot of great protecting from from Professor Pride. Your two favorite X Men are just the good teachers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got some biases. <laughs> some biases, some types. <laughs> All right. Well, my silly villainy, the Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy, yes, goes to Jason because mm-hmm. he calls himself Mister Knife, like a complete loser. <laughs> Mister Knife, <laughs> it's so bad. 
Uh, I want something dangerous, like a sword or a knife, but also like an honorific, so people know I'm a I'm a person of authority. Mister, <laughs> do you want to be like Lord Knife? No, <laughs> no more Mister Knife Guy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> he does kind of lose that moniker a little bit, and then it kind of comes back. It's weird. Uh. Well, my silly villainy, my Crusher Creel award for silly villainy, uh, goes to the Slaughter Lords after they blow up the moon that are, are, are like so haughty, like, no, nobody survived this. And then and one of them's like, well, maybe no one. And they're like, no, no one. Earth people are so stupid. None of them survived. But they also saw Quill like flip them off out the window <laughs> before that. So I thought that was kind of strange. Like, he, like, pieces out and, like, gives him the bird. Uh, yeah. Bargain bin black order. <laughs> uh, uh, how about your key of C? Okay. So, my key of C award, uh, not award, but nomination, the the moment that I feel would be most enhanced by song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Kitty Pride needed almost a soliloquy. Uh, type song agonizing over why she's dating Peter mm-hmm. because like we definitely see some like I I can't believe you who who is this man but then she'd come back to the hamster <laughs> something like really silly or ridiculous or like you know something cheesy like but his smile or something ridiculous so you'd be like oh clearly this is not right and it's just some little hang-up that you have. And she could return to it any time Peter did something stupid. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, mine goes to this, this spot where Beast realizes he messed everything up. I thought he could have a really <laughs> yes. good sorrow song. Oh, yeah. I thought about that moment, too. That would mm. be perfect. It could even lead up to it in like the first verse where he would be like 95% complete, 96% complete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he could have a, but I'll never see Joanna, but like with the whole universe. So uh-huh. hear me out on this. Uh-huh. He has some moments leading up to that where, you know, we kind of see this foreshadowed with, if only I could understand the time stream and mm-hmm. everything and how all this all plays. It in- could even, it could even have a common like motif of notes. Yes. Yes. But then when we get to this moment, there's a key change. <gasps> we like, go what if and- it turns into a minor key? Right? <sighs> yes. <laughs> We're very good at this. <laughs> Let us write your comic musicals. <laughs> I cannot write music. <laughs> I, can, I can write music in like thoughts. Thought you can terms. conceptualize it. Yeah, that's basically it. See that we would write the musical and we would need a composer. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but who doesn't? Right. It's we just, would. We would do the book. Yeah, just like how I write comics very slowly, uh, but I need an artist. <laughs> Although Adam Reck is teaching everybody how to draw on Twitter, please follow at Arthur Stacy. Oh, it's so much fun. He's it's doing quarantine drawing lessons and they're great. Uh today he did one on how to draw Jubilee. I know, I have to try it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it it's not great stuff that I'm doing, but it's so fun. Yeah, uh readers, we recently brought bought one of those cheapo Wacoms that like you plug up to the computer, so you, it's not like you drawing on an actual screen. Mm-hmm. It's you kind of drawing on like a, a like a big mouse pad, 
Almost. And I'm not like fabulous on paper, but going to the the like the the Wacom, I'm like, oh, this is this is a big learning curve here. It just- is. It's nice though, because if you really just beef a line, you just like click and then it goes away. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like about it, because I would draw a line and go, no, no, no. Right. But I feel like I wouldn't make as many mistakes if I were just, like, drawing on paper. Oh, definitely. I can draw circles way better on paper than on the Wacom. So. But it's fun. It is a lot of fun. We got Clip Studio. It came with it, which is the app that all the comic book art, well, not all of them, but a lot of comic book artists use to draw digitally. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for other ways to occupy your time, you could be drawing Jubilee while listening to this episode. It's true. It could be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, readers, that's going to be it for us this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate us those five entire stars on iTunes or your other favorite podcatcher. We appreciate all those, and we uh, read those out on the show mm-hmm. as a genetic ghost heard today. You can also support us on Patreon, like Matthew. Uh, link in the show notes. Yep, we also have um, a link in the show notes for our Kofi uh, for those one time, or now they even do recurring donations in increments of three dollars. We know times aren't super easy right now, though, so don't feel bad. The one of the best things you can do is tell all your friends about the podcast. Yeah, um, tweet about the show. Tweet. Interact with us on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we're at Chris's Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook um, and get updates that way. If you refuse to engage in more than one social media platform, kudos to you. <laughs> get it down to zero. <laughs> you can email us on Chris's on Infinite Earth at gmail.com for those long form questions or comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't send us mean things, though. Don't like that. Yeah, I don't. We really haven't gotten too much mean fan interaction. No. We're not we're not that popular yet, and I kind of like it that way. Yeah, we're this is about as popular as I want to get. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't tell your friends about us. No, I'm mm, kidding. You tell your that. nice friends about us. Tell your very nice friends about us. Don't tell people that don't have friends about us <laughs> because they, I won't say it. <laughs> Well, actually, it, do tell people that don't have friends about us because we'll be their friends. And yep, yep, in our fun parasocial ways. It's hard to make friends when in your, you know, in this new era, especially if you're in your like 30s. It's really hard. It is. I yeah. feel like doesn't the, make you evil. The, the bulk of our good friends, like we've seen in person, like a number of times that we can count on one hand or no hands. Yep, it's hard. Doesn't make you evil. But evil people do probably have less friends. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think one's causative, but I think once you're evil, the the friends don't come easy. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're also evil. Yeah, but then are they really your friends? And then you become, like, inseparable in your evilness. I don't know. Sometimes evil people will backstab, but... You know, Mm. then there's, like, Bulk and Skull from the Power Rangers, and they're, Mm -hmm. like, they're tight. Mm -hmm. They're besties forever. Mm. Villainous duos are a lot of fun. Yeah, they're the best. They're, yeah. You get one friend. <laughs> okay, evil people have one friend. They have one friend. <laughs> All right, readers. Uh, sorry if I upset you, if you're feeling sad about friendships now. Yep. We're your friends. Always We're friends. Gonna make Christy edit Best a friends of those for out. life. <laughs> I'm editing none of them out. Okay. <laughs> And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours. <laughs>